0: Hello, everyone. My name is Christian. Welcome back to TechPoint. Today, our guest is Alex, the Program Director for Emia at TinySeed. Hello. Hey, Christian. How are you? Fantastic. Very nice to meet you. Please tell us, what is TinySeed? So, TinySeed is a year-long
1: accelerator program built for ambitious B2B SaaS founders, uh, specifically Bootstrap founders. So, TinySeed was founded as essentially an option for Bootstrap founders that Wanted to get funding, uh, you know, they were somewhere between bootstrapping and not wanting to get VC, traditional VC money, but wanting some capital to scale, grow, uh, and um, yeah, not wanting to have to to, uh, get funding from kind of the traditional, uh,
0: often pressure, (laughs) highly pressured uh, VC, VC track. I understand. And what are the funding options for these founders?
1: So, our funding terms are uh, between 10 and 12% equity in exchange for 120 to 220,000 uh, US dollars. Um, and the only other term to, to note is that we have a salary cap of a 250K. Uh, and what this allows us to do is essentially, like I said, uh, we want it to be an option for founders to not have the pressure of traditional VC money. So this allows founders to grow sustainably, not have pressure from us to sell. That's never our intention to, um, to, you know, to, to have a founder to feel like they have this unsustainable growth pressure to grow at all costs. Um, so the salary cap lets them grow at their own, uh, rates, stay profitable forever if they want it. They don't want to sell, uh, and still be fair terms on both sides.
0: That's awesome. And usually how many companies are in a batch?
1: So we have two regions that we we operate under. The first is the Americas, uh, which incorporates North America, South America, and also Australian founders, uh, since the time zone kind of works out that way. They usually have 15 companies per batch, um, and we do two batches per year. And then my region, EMEA, Europe, Middle East, and Africa, uh, usually has around 10 companies per a batch also two batches per year so in a year anywhere we're usually you know what does that bring us to uh around 50
0: um 50 companies per year how many batches have you done until uh, today do you have any idea we are i
1: believe we have just done our 10th or 11th batch and we're about to start uh applications in september for our fall batches so that'll be another another two
0: so we're growing fast (laughs) <laughs> that's awesome. What do you say are the most uh, well-known companies that, uh, that you invested in?
1: Yeah, that's a great question. Uh, so a few, que- a few companies that uh, listeners might recognize are Signwell, uh, SavvyCal, UserList, uh, Squadcast. Um, yeah, and uh, those
0: are a few that uh, companies that I think people will probably recognize. Okay, that's, uh, <laughs> that's awesome. Uh, wh- what do you say are the strong points of TinySeed?
1: One of our strongest points is our mentorship. So, like I said, Tiny Seed was built specifically for B2B uh, SaaS founders. Uh, that means we're able to really niche down and provide advice, provide advice specifically for the B2B SaaS model. And all of the mentors in our program are topic experts on areas that are specifically rated to b2b SaaS. so in tiny seed you're not going to get any general vague uh, business advice that might be applied to to any model it's it's very specific Uh, we have mentors on a variety of topics Uh, we have sales marketing uh, pricing uh, what else do we have onboarding user onboarding development pretty much everything under the moon anything that a challenge that a SaaS founder might Come across during uh, their time. We have a mentor. On top of that, we have playbooks that we work through throughout the program year. So our playbooks are subjects that we've essentially deemed are the most uh, important, fundamental topics that a SaaS founder needs to be able to master to successfully scale their business. Uh, and we cover these each uh, every two weeks. Uh, this is run by the Tiny C team. Uh, and we do live calls, Q and A's with uh, Rob Walling and Aynar Volset, our, our partners, uh, which um, lets the founders have per, per yeah, excuse me. Face to face time with our team, <laughs> yeah. uh, asking questions, getting answers. Um, so some of the topics we cover and during the playbooks are uh, funnels, sales, marketing, hiring, M and A slash fundraising. And um, did I repeat, did I say pricing? Uh, pricing would be the other, yep.
0: <laughs> okay, thank you so much for sharing. But uh, to understand better, is there a call every two, two weeks or how does it work? Mm-hmm. That's a good question. Yeah, so
1: there's an educational call every other week, essentially. We do the playbooks okay. in the first part of the call. So t- kind of to get everybody on the same footing. Uh, some you know, founders come from different backgrounds. Some founders have more or less experience in different topics. And then once we re- finish the playbooks, we continue doing educational calls every other week for the entire year where we bring on some of our mentors that I mentioned earlier. So that gives uh, founders time to interact and have questions and answer sessions uh, with mentors on a variety of topics. Uh, But on top of that, they also are participating in mastermind groups that also Mm -hmm. meet every other week. Um, so those, those are on the weeks where we're not having educational calls. So essentially they have something going on every week, uh, that is helping them grow and scale their mastermind groups are kind of these small, uh, groups of three to four founders from the batch. They meet with every other week for accountability, to share what they're working on, give each other advice and help each other, uh, solve problems and keep moving forward.
0: That's awesome. And the program usually lasts six months, you said actually a year
1: a year-long oh, yeah. program, so it's a it's a it's a lengthy program. We found that uh, six months just wasn't enough time for you know people to really get off the ground. Uh, some accelerator programs are, are quite quick, and then you're left still kind of guessing what you want <laughs> to do. So yeah. we to we aim to keep providing support uh, for a bit longer, so that everybody has yeah the mentorship and support they need to to scale.
0: And after that, I guess it's still available, and uh, the groups are there, and uh you can get the help uh, anytime you want
1: yeah you kind of it's a lot of people ask and it's a good question we, we like the joke although we say the program is only a year long and in essence really uh, our support goes on forever we actually continue to allow founders to have access to all of our resources even after the year is ended and it's essentially the year is kind of the structured part where we're we're sending calendar reminders and and uh you know and, and people are coming on a regular basis but all of our ongoing mentor calls uh, all alumni have access to every one of those um, alumni after they finish the program. Have one-on-one access to all of our mentors at any time. So anybody can reach out to me as the program director, or Tracy, our Americas program director. And uh, this happens a lot. They'll say, you know, hey, I'm really I'm facing a, a challenge with our new uh, sales uh, process. It's really just not working. Yeah. I want to get some mentorship on that. And I'll say, great. Let me schedule you with a one-on-one call with one of our sales mentors um so that's available both during the year but also onwards and our alumni regularly take advantage of that uh, um and it's just kind of part of our commitment to help tiny seed companies continue to grow even after the year absolutely
0: so. yeah it's your interest and uh i don't know if if it's a uh, stupid question let's say <laughs> but uh, <laughs> what uh, motivates these mentors how do you get these mentors why are mm-hmm. they willing to help
1: that's a good question, because all of our mentors <laughs> are volunteers, actually. They're not paid, uh, and they're all, like I said, topic experts. They're all very successful founders in their own right. So it's a good question. Why are they doing this? They're already busy. Uh, we're, we're fortunate to come from a community. Um, you know, Rob Walling, our one of our partners, uh, is also the founder of MicroConf, uh, the startups for the rest of us, a uh, former uh, SaaS founder himself, the founder of Drip before he sold it. Um, a lot of our mentors come from that community that uh, they were already part of this uh, community that we've been growing over time. Um, they recognize the benefits of giving back to the SaaS community to helping founders that are, are, are kind of in the growing stages right now because they were at that stage themselves at some time and they received the support of other founders and mentors that get there. Uh, so these mentors are really doing it out of, uh, out of support of uh, SaaS founders. Um, and it works well because, uh, you know, we can say that uh, there's no ulterior motives. Our, our, the mentors are really there to, uh, to help out, to give non-biased advice and, and just to, to get you on the right path.
0: How, how do you pick the startups that uh, join the program? What, are, what is the criteria?
1: <laughs> that's a good question. So we have applications every six months. Uh, and our minimum requirements are that you are uh, a B2B SaaS, of course, because that's what we focus on uh and also that you have at least five hundred dollars in mrr uh, so that's monthly reoccurring revenue and the reason we say that is because tiny seed is meant for companies that already have some traction that have a product that's starting to get product market fit and that uh that we can help scale um we companies that are still in the idea phase uh, we love to support them, and um, there's other resources, but generally the program is best suited for a company that already has traction. Uh, so that's our, our, our minimum requirements. Uh, maybe it would be useful. I can also share a little bit about what we look at, um, some of the, Please. you know, the things Yeah. Um, so during applications, there's a few things. We, um, our application process is pretty straightforward. I always tell people that if you have any doubts, just apply. We purposefully keep it short and sweet, um, not to try to take up too much of your time uh because we can we can glean a lot about where you are just from some basic questions so some of the things we look at are your numbers we're very numbers oriented so we want to know you know what's your mrr what have you, what's your mrr been the past six months so that gives us an idea of how you've been growing uh what is your arpu your average revenue per user your ltv your value those mm-hmm. types of things churn of yes. course uh, essentially your essential numbers that kind of give us an idea okay like Where is this company? How are they doing? Uh, What's going on? And then we like to hear, uh, one of the big things we like to hear about is what you've been doing, especially in terms of growth. So what marketing channels have you been working on? Um, What is your, what is your growth strategy? What do you, essentially, what are you, what are you doing right now? It it helps us understand kind of where the founder's mind is at and and what they're doing to, uh, to, to grow over time.
0: I understand. And apart from uh, MicroConf, do you also do some physical events with the startups in batches or is it the full online?
1: Yeah, so TinySeed is primarily a remote company or remote um, accelerator uh, mm-hmm. because we realized that most uh, Bootstrap SAS companies were operating from around the country and you know, To require them to come to one specific location for three months is unreasonable for a lot of people. But we do have an in- in-person opportunities. It's, uh, one of them is our kickoff retreat right at the start of each program year. Uh, one of my favorite parts of the year, we pull in all the founders from each batch start, that are starting off and we pick a, uh, a location and we do about two and a half days of getting everyone together. Um, We do masterminding in person. We do uh, one of our playbook sessions in person. And then we also build in some time for the founders to get to know each other. Uh, Because essentially, you know, aside from the education component, we also want founders to have a chance to build relationships with each other, to uh, build support systems. Because uh, although the mentorship at Tiny Seed is incredible, another amazing aspect of it is the actual founders in the program. The founders are all incredibly intelligent ambitious founders and there's a lot of value for uh, to gather from each other you know wisdom that uh, they can share so the kickoff retreat is a great opportunity for the founders to come together and meet each other um, and start building those relationships that they'll they'll grow over time Uh, but outside of that we also try to put in a few in-person opportunities um, throughout the year so that the founders can keep meeting in person. All of these are optional. There's, uh, they're not required to be part of the program, but if you're of able course. to make them, they're,
0: a, they're a, great, uh, a great time. That's fantastic. I, I love your community. <laughs> it seems super, uh, <laughs> super uh, fantastic. <laughs> and out of this world, let's say. Uh, I'd love to know when you joined the company, when you joined uh, TinySeed. I joined
1: Tiny Seed at the end of 2021, uh, so that was right when we were starting the EMEA program. Uh, Tiny Seed, when it first launched in 2018, was just in America, so as we were getting started and, and kind of uh, proving our thesis. Um, and after, gosh, that would have been about two and a half years, uh, You know, we were successfully, uh, I think probably on our sixth batch by now, kind of showing that uh, the idea worked and, and there was increased demand. We were getting a lot of, uh, emails from European founders that weren't able to work in the America's time zones. Uh, and that's when, uh, tiny C decided to expand, uh, out into the EMEA region. And that's when, uh, I joined the team.
0: But why do they think they chose you? What is the, uh, w- what are the traits? What are <laughs> the traits? What, what are the traits? The, yeah. <laughs> so what I have are a, a the bit of background, they- myself and uh, the bootstrapping community
1: uh previously mm-hmm. i was the community manager and then ran operations for a another uh bootstrap organization called the dynamite circle a little bit different dynamite circle is a, a bit different than microcomp they kind of a little bit of overlap so they're sister organizations uh, whereas microcomp and tiny seed focus specifically on uh bootstrapped uh sas founders uh, dynamite circle focused and focuses still today on uh any type of location independent online business so that could be consultants uh okay. that could be e-commerce uh and so i worked with them for uh several years running events running the community there working with bootstrap founders and then i went on myself to become a founder and start a uh, a bootstrap company as well um i sold that after a few years and i had been following tiny seed for uh, quite a while actually rob spoke at uh, Rob, our, our partner, and one of our founders spoke at an event that I actually threw. Uh, so I had been a big fan of what TinySeed was doing. And when I read that they were uh, expanding into Europe, Middle East, and Africa, I, thought I
0: should reach out and <laughs> see, see if this might work out. And luckily it did. Fantastic. Great story. But what do you think are the traits that uh, a program director should have? Probably mm, a lot a of question. connections, a lot of... Uh, yeah, I like to say the experience. program
1: manager, so me and, and Tracy, are essentially your go-to, your, your big supporters when you're in the program. We're here to make sure that you're getting the access to resources, answers, connections, really whatever a founder needs to either be overcoming challenges or growing uh, from us. That's my role, is to make sure they're getting it, that they're getting the most they can from the program. So I'd like to tell founders when you're facing a problem, even if you think it's small, like come talk to me. Um, as a program manager I don't always have the answers I'm not the the all all, but what I do have is the connections to the people who have the answers in our community so that might be a specific mentor it might be another founder in the community it might be one of our partners Robert Anarm and I'm kind of your go-to to make sure that you're getting what you need um, outside of that, another big aspect of the program of, uh, of our role is just running the day-to-day logistics of the program, so making sure that uh, the program, like the calls that we're doing, that we're getting mentors that uh, fit the challenges of what the, the batch is facing. So Tracy and I are reaching out to mentors, kind of managing those relationships, and also organizing the in-person events. Um, so yeah, our role is always is, is, is founder-focused. It's making sure that they're getting what they need and that the program is maximizing
0: the value they can get great answer (laughs) i like it i like it how many people are at the tiny seed right now right now we have
1: just passed uh we are over a hundred companies i want to say 130 now uh in the most recent batch and i and over 200 founders total uh so it's grown quite a bit in the last year you know when we first started the first batch it was it was literally about I think ten companies, maybe fifteen twenty founders, and now we're this entire community. It's it, it's pretty incredible to see the the growth that's happening and or happened and is still happening today.
0: What was your biggest challenge since joining Tiny Seed? Mm, biggest
1: challenge? Well, I'm pretty lucky that I joined Tiny Seed after Tracy had done a lot of the hard work building <laughs> the initial program. So I'm very lucky that today you know we have a very solid program that has figured out most of the kinks and, uh, and, and built itself uh, in, into what it is today. So a lot of my time is just spent on trying to come up with ideas uh, outside of the data providing value to founders, like I mentioned, is just to improve it, um, incorporate new ideas, get feedback from founders. Fortunately we don't have any, any huge challenges in that sense. Um, and also for me personally, uh, you know, making sure that we get the word out to uh, founders in the regions in uh, Europe, Middle East and Africa. Um, you know, I'm a big believer in the program we've built and I, I'm really trying hard to make sure that w- more founders are aware of this opportunity uh, so that if it fits with where they're at, that they can apply and, uh, and join us.
0: You work with so many founders. What's something negative, a challenge that they face and something positive, something good that they do? What's uh, mm. one down thing and one uh, positive? I think a
1: mistake that sometimes we see founders face, uh, and I'll say specifically technical founders because in SaaS, um, not all founders are technical, but there's a pretty heavy uh, pressure that a lot of technical founders tend to get stuck focusing on features, uh, too much on features and not enough time focusing on their growth and marketing. So sometimes when, uh, founders apply for the program, you know, we, we like to talk about what they've done and they've spent a lot of time on the futures, which is great. Features are of course important, but almost no time on, uh, the marketing, getting the word out, spreading and, and, you know, uh, There's kind of a balance there, you know, of course, the SaaS is a business and there should be a a balance between how much time you're spending building the product, but also spreading the words that you can continue to grow and and uh, and be sustainable. So that's something I see often is is, uh, I think part of that is maybe because marketing and sales is outside of the comfort bubble of a lot of technical founders, you know, they come from a building background. So naturally, it's more comfortable to focus on uh, on building. But that's that's one thing I see um what i see on the strength side especially in our founders is experimentation and that's kind of the counter to what i just said um you know even if you don't have the answers and things that are in your your comfort zone like sales and marketing experimentation is really uh where our founders start to figure that out and get traction so that's that's having the willpower and the um The energy to go out there and try things, make a hypothesis on maybe a growth channel, a marketing channel that you think uh, would work well for your business and giving it a shot, putting in the right amount of time, uh, the right amount of resources, money towards uh, testing out that channel and seeing what happens. Sometimes it doesn't always work out, of course, but you're not going to know until you try. And I think bursting out of that comfort zone, experimenting, um, that's something i see a lot of our founders doing it's a trait that we look for in founders um, and it, uh, over the long term it, it pans out because those founders they find the channel that works you know after a few tries they find the channel that can scale and that allows the business to grow in ways that wouldn't have been able uh, to otherwise yeah so microconf is essentially the public facing side of tinyseed it is a community for bootstrap SaaS founders um, and it's kind of made up of three different components. There's the events. So, MicroConf throws events uh, around the world uh, throughout the year. Uh, there is the online community, Microsoft Connect. And there okay. is mastermind matching that they do. Okay,
0: okay. And what is the
1: next event? So, the next event, uh, there's two uh, flagship events that Microsoft Microsoft Microconf throws up <laughs> here. Um, Microsoft. Uh, the f- upcoming one, uh, so there's one in Europe and one in the U.S. each year. Uh, Microsoft, micro, Woo, I cannot talk today. <laughs> Microsoft Europe is coming up uh, in October. It's going to be in my hometown, Lisbon. Uh, so we're super awesome. excited for that. Uh, awesome. It is, last I checked, actually, they are about to sell out of tickets. I think they have like, a few left. So if anyone's interested in going, I would definitely... Uh, recommend uh, checking it out quickly. Uh, and then MicroConf US will be in Atlanta in 2024 in the spring. Um, and on top of that, MicroConf does local events throughout the year. So I think there's a few coming up in cities like uh, San Francisco. They just did one in Toronto. And that schedule is is always uh, evolving. Um, but if people are interested, they can always go check out the MicroConf website. There's a full uh, schedule of all the upcoming events, including the flagship events and, and the
0: smaller local ones. Thank you for sharing. And ho- how big is the community, is the online community? And I saw, I joined a few months ago, I really enjoyed it, but I saw that uh, uh, now the applications are closed. <laughs> Why is that? Yes. Do, you, do you have yeah, any idea? Yeah, so they are
1: at, uh, Microcomp is at f- about 5,000 members now.
0: So it's uh,
1: quite a large community. And currently applications are paused just for a bit. Um, The team is revamping a few features and things that they want to launch and want to make sure that uh, they were able to get kind of all these things out before they started bringing in uh, applicants again. But there is a wait list. So if anybody's interested in joining, just go to uh, microconf.com slash connect. And basically just put in your email address and you'll get an email as soon as it's open. It shouldn't be too long. Uh, same with the Mastermind uh, Matching, they do that on a kind of a, a ongoing basis. So if you're interested, go join the waitlist, but I would like to say, even though those are temporarily closed, the events are still going, so, and the events are an incredible way to be a part of the community. So if you're interested in meeting people in person, which I highly recommend because <laughs> it's just hard to to be in-person uh, opportunities, uh, I, I would I would look at the schedule and absolutely the events are 100% worth going. They're incredible events. Um, the speakers that come are, are some of the top names in SaaS, and the community, the people that you meet, the relationships you built—it's really the value you get from it is is
0: is huge. Yeah, it's incredible. We're looking forward to joining one. <laughs> uh, yes, I'll, absolutely, I'll... <laughs> you should maybe come to uh, Lisbon. <laughs> I-, I love to. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, are there any specific traits that you look uh, for founders? Uh, ah, that's more a good question. Uh, so, more than looking uh, no, at the company and numbers and uh, yeah. yeah, more on the on performance side. The tiny side. seed side,
1: uh, we're looking at founders that are applying for the program. One of the big traits that we look at is coachability. So you know, I mentioned that one of the strengths of tiny seed is the mentorship. Um, so of course, one of the things we're looking for is coachability. It's A founder who is open to learning taking advice and and putting into action the advice that we have to give you know we spent a lot of time building this program that has the the knowledge and the actions that the founders need to take so of course we're looking for founders that are actually going to take that and put it into use Uh, so a good example of that is you know i mentioned earlier our mastermind sessions Um, masterminds are an incredible opportunity to get uh, feedback from other founders. So something I like to advise to the incoming uh, founders when they're they're meeting their masterminds is to kind of lower your defenses. It's really easy when you know people are picking apart your business and giving advice to quickly put up your walls and, <laughs> and defend away. You know, like oh well, I didn't do, I didn't, I didn't take that action because of this or that. Um, and listen, like hear out uh, the different perspectives because. The other founders, you know, and also the mentors, the people that you're going to interact with in a program like this, they have perspectives and experiences and unique backgrounds that you don't have. And those are, that's an incredibly useful opportunity. Um, So yeah, coachability, absolutely looking for. And another thing we look for, I'm still looking for the best way to phrase this, but right now what I've got, because I think it's funny, is I call it fast and furious. Uh, <laughs> it's easy to remember, but it's a trait I like to see in founders. Uh, and what this really is is, I love seeing a founder who is willing to get dirty and take action quick on an idea or something that they're sure they're, they think is going to grow the business. Um, because sometimes what we see is founders like kind of him and ha, like worry. Like you can t- you can you can have an idea and spend like months like drawing it out, but I love to see when a founder just goes at it and makes kind of like the 80-20% happen in a, in a quick time and does it themselves. So an example I have of this is um, we had a founder who realized that uh, Google Ads would possibly be a really strong uh, marketing channel for them. And, uh, you know, of course, you could spend months trying to perfectly learn Google Ads before getting it launched. Uh, this founder took one week, just Dived in himself, you know, didn't, and just and just kind of figured out like what he needed to know to get off the ground, the basics, and just started right away experimenting, learning, optimizing, putting it into action, rather than spending months trying to read every uh, book under the sun. Uh, was he perfect at in that week? Absolutely not. But has he become <laughs> like? Did he figure out the essentials that he needed to test it out and perfect it over like the last few months? yes he is uh, he has strongly proven that Google has an incredible channel for that business uh and that's kind of like that's kind of an example of like something like that you know um not chasing perfectionism but but taking action. We love to see that
0: fast and fitest i love it <laughs> oh <So> no <laughs> well, it's it, already trademarked <laughs> yeah you cannot forget it so fantastic. <laughs> My next question was uh, your best piece of advice for uh, founders, but it seems like you already answered. But if you want to to add something, please. I still think, I, I think what I mentioned
1: earlier, experimentation, I would just, I would just, I would just harp on that again, um, just, uh, putting in, uh, the time and, and, I think that also goes in with it bursting out of that that comfort bubble. Like, every, if you're a founder, look at what your skills are, look at what your comfort bubble is, and make sure that you're not using that as a uh, something that's holding you back from experimenting in the ways that you need to in your business. Especially if you're a technical founder, you know, make sure that you're you're focusing the appropriate amount of time on growth and marketing channels. As uncomfortable as it can be. I completely understand. If you don't come from a marketing background, it, it's, it's not always the f- easiest thing to learn or, or do, but it's, it's worth it. And, and really, it's an essential
0: to growing your business. Absolutely. Um, I'd love to hear your backstory. So how you started your career? <laughs> My backstory. So besides,
1: I, I mentioned a little bit earlier about how I joined, um, you know, I, I got started with the Dynamite Circle community. Uh, before that, though, I, uh, my, my background was actually in a very different world. I, um, I was in the world of international affairs and politics. I, uh, I got my uh, master's degree in foreign policy, uh, specifically focusing on um, Southeast Asia. And for a time, I was uh, convinced I was going to work in um, government. Uh, I spent three years in Washington, D.C., in that world. Um, well and uh this might be getting a little off track but essentially what I, I realized uh at that time was that it just wasn't the the place for me it was too um yeah i you know i think at the time i was a bit uh naive and wanted to change the world and realized that that um, wasn't the way to do it so uh i came back home after finishing my grad school degree <laughs> and uh much to the i'm not gonna say pleasure uh, sadness of my parents um said, I'm going to start a business <laughs> after finishing a grad degree in uh, international affairs, um, and, uh, which was crazy at the time. Uh, <laughs> but eventually, it's, it, it's, uh, it was what led me to um, start working with bootstrap businesses in the community to eventually start my own. Uh, as, as a, I, I love the freedom, the, um, the excitement that comes in building your own business, uh, having to carry wear multiple hats. Um, it's always been something that's that's drawn me in. So that's kind of my backstory—a uh, strong pivot from politics <laughs> into
0: business. Love it, love it. I have one last question for you. What are your top three favorite SaaS products that you use? Ooh, okay,
1: so uh, let's see. My number one is a product that has recently saved my butt. Um, so. We decided that we had Tiny Seed wanted to start a job board um, for Tiny Seed companies. You know, our, like I mentioned at this point, we're over a hundred companies, and our companies are often hiring for new team members, and so we wanted a way to let them uh, share that with the community at wide. Um, and I took on that project, and as I started to research it, realized that most of the tools out there were just uh too um complex didn't have the features we needed had a bad outcome and then wouldn't you know it we uh we ended up taking uh on a company that join tiny c named jboard whose very product <laughs> was no code uh job uh uh job page builders um and that uh that product is is brilliant uh, so now we have a job board um that is just absolutely gorgeous, looks like it was custom built and spent a a year and a lot of money on it, but it's actually, um, it was actually produced by JBoard. So anyone out there that's looking for uh, JBoard, absolutely uh, recommend checking them out. The other, you know, we do a lot of deals, obviously, a lot of signing papers and uh, another tiny seed company that is SignWell. I use SignWell all the time if you're looking for an e-signature option. Um, And then I know I, I feel like uh, I've given two tiny seed companies, so I'll do one that's
0: not tiny <laughs> To be fair,
1: <laughs> um, I am an absolute Airtable dork. I love Airtable. Um, so Tracy, my colleague, and I we we built. Uh, we've started moving a lot of Tiny Seed's backend uh, data and processes into Airtable, um, and I just I I love I love how much you can build it. So I, if you let me, I'll spend. Um, i'll spend i spend a lot of time tinkering around at air table coming up with new ideas on things to build and i think it's a, a brilliant product and uh it's a it's a yeah
0: i love it <laughs> then goal would be to probably all the software that you use to be tiny seed companies <laughs> that would be <laughs> yeah fantastic those are my my main questions is there anything else that you want to share on the podcast uh, the only thing I would share is if you're interested in Tiny Seed, we'll be opening applications
1: uh, come September. We'll probably open it in the first uh, week or so of September, um, and we'd love to see you apply. If you're interested, you can uh, you can go to our website tinyseed.com, put in your email, and we will send you an notification. We open applications, and again, what I always love to tell people is even if you're not sure about joining send in an application. If you're not sure whether you're the right fit, send an application. It doesn't take a lot of time. It's a great starting point in the conversation. Um, and it's a, it's a great exercise in its own to kind of pull back a little bit, think about your, your numbers and answer the, the questions in the application. It's a great way to reflect on where, where your business is at. So, you um, know that, if you have any questions, feel free to reach out to me. I love to uh, talk with founders who are um, either interested in tiny seed or just founders in general. It's great to, uh, to connect.
0: Thank you so much for joining. Thank you for the value that you provided. And I'm super grateful. This was a fantastic conversation. Thank you. Thank you, Christian, too. This has been a lot of fun. I really enjoyed it. <laughs>